A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means that adult language is probably going to be present, just so you know. Hey there, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. My name is Kevin Garcia, and welcome to another episode. I'm super glad you are here. I uh, am so... There's so many things going on. We're coming up on midterm week here at Columbia Theological, where I attend. I'm getting ready to travel a little bit. Um, I'm going to be in uh, Rochester, New York, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, preaching at Otterson Church. So if you are in the Rochester area, please come hang out with us. Um, I'm also going to be down in Orlando the first week in April for the Reformation Project Leadership Development Cohort Leading Worship, as well as working the night of public, like the the public night of worship where we're going to invite the community. I'll have more info on that soon. So thanks so much for that. Um, Wild Goose Festivals this summer, you know the deal. Um, I'm hopefully going to be doing a live podcast. Still waiting to hear back about a few things on that front. And um, Queerly Beloved, um, if you are uh, a backer from the Kickstarter or you've purchased a shirt before then, um, we are a little bit behind on the production for a few different reasons, but know that everything is coming through hopefully this week and will begin shipping next week. So thank you for your patience in that. We're very excited about getting that off the ground and getting these things into your hand. So on to today's conversation. Um, so today I'm actually speaking with uh, this amazing human, Christian Barry. Uh, or Christian T. Berry, as his Instagram handle is. And who is Christian T. Berry? Christian T. Berry uh, is someone who believes that magic is real and that you can find traces of it everywhere if you really listen and pay attention. He finds the best way that for him to facilitate energies through tarot and gym catchers and crystals, and you can currently find him in Durham, North Carolina, where he is the resident crystal daddy at the shop Everyday Magic. His healing methods are fueled by open dialogue with his clients and uh, those who warmly welcome coming... His healing methods are fueled by open dialogue with you, the client, and he warmly welcomes folks from all walks of life, and his goal is just to honor and to help people discover their own path towards living fulfilling and magical lives in whatever way that looks like for you. I was wanting to have a conversation with Christian Berry because I know that he comes from uh, a Southern background like I do, and also has an evolving, has, you know, still constantly an evolving faith, and also, like myself, works with things like crystals and tarot and, you know, things that aren't necessarily considered Christian things in order to commune with the divine and to commune with the self, which honestly is their difference. I don't know. We're still discovering that for myself. Um, but I really wanted to talk to somebody who I could get a little bit more woo-woo with. Um, in this conversation, we talked about, you know, growing up in conservative households and how we found our way into more like, uh, you know, some people call it new age. I just, I just call it an evolving faith. Um, but it was a really fantastic conversation, and I was really glad that I got to sit down with him. So please enjoy this conversation with my new friend, Christian T. Barry. I'm just so curious about your life. Like, um, So let's start with this. Uh, say you meet, you're at a cocktail party, you don't, like, people are getting to know you, and they're like, oh my god, hi Christian, like, what do you do? Like, what's your thing? What would you, what would you say to them? <laughs> uh, this question has uh, 
the answer to it has definitely evaded me for years. Um, <laughs> I, I used to be in theater. That's what I went to college for. And I lived in New York City for a while. And I, I even had trouble answering that question when I had like a set plan for myself. Uh, mm. I guess what I what I say now is I'm a, a small business owner and I that's sort of like the the preliminary response. And then and then people will be like, OK, well, what what is your business? And then I'll sort of start to explain. And like I, I always want people to know, like my response is not out of like my lack of immediately diving into the fact that I'm like a full time like crystal daddy, witch is not. It's not, <laughs> it's not out of fear or hesitation that I don't want to tell them. It's just like, what, what can you say to somebody that will get into their mind as well? Cause like if somebody knows nothing about crystals and you just dump a whole load of knowledge on top of them, they're just going to think that you're nuts. And, and I, I guess I'm, I'm in the game of trying to be as, I suppose, relatable as I can to all types of people, because I feel like that gives not only me, but everyday magic, the mm-hmm. biggest outreach. Um, right. So I, I, my answer is usually I'm a small business owner. <laughs> I mean, that's smart. People ask me like, you ever like get in the Uber driver, like you get in the car with the Uber driver. It's like, so what do you do? And I'm just like, I don't want to tell you. But you because like I'm, an Uber driver, I'm like, I'm going to go full force right now and freak this guy out. Cause like, if he's going to, if he's going to ask, like now is my chance to test it on someone I'm never going to see. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'll, I'll be like the one last time uh, that happened to me, I was in Uber because it's like, it's hit or miss, especially like being in the South. Like yes. you mention anything that's like out of the norm and people just like freak the fuck out. So like I do LGBT advocacy work. Um, especially within like um, communities of faith, especially Christian communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this person, I don't think he was ready for me to give like a full like exegesis on why I think it's cool to be queer and Christian or, <laughs> you know, any other like iteration of that. Um, and even after giving the explanation, he's like, so you still think even though the Bible and I'm like, Oh my God, here we go. Need- yeah. We don't, have I'm like, for this. I'm, I'm like, listen, this is more than a 50 minute car or a 15 minute car rides worth of conversation. So I have to go. Yeah. I mean, good for you for even entertaining that. I grew up outside of Atlanta with that. You're in Atlanta, right? I am. Yeah. I grew up, I spent my whole life right outside of Atlanta and I, Where at? I grew up in Cartersville. It's right outside of Marietta. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know exactly where that is. Cause I was actually in Gainesville for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, it is a, a scary place. Like I, I, I mean, maybe not so much anymore. I haven't been back in years, but I, I did not feel safe as a kid. I did not feel safe growing up to be myself. And like, I was heavily involved. Mm-hmm. I was heavily involved in church. Like I went to church from like birth to 18 until I went to college, like three times a week. So, and I mean, I, I didn't we all honestly, like it is seriously, it, it is a huge part of my upbringing, but I, I won't, I never say that it is the most positive part of my upbringing because it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't go to a tolerant church. I didn't go to, uh, I, it was just like incredibly Southern Baptist and it was hardcore and it was people like you were just talking about. I mean, like they, they'll take any sort of biblical like phrasing out of context and warp it into some specific way. And I'm like, I just like, I just can't, I can't with that. Like it's so, it's, it's so much of a fight for me to have to like emotionally prepare myself for that at like 15, 16, 17 years old, I, I did not have the communication skills to like accurately do that. Now it's a different story. I can talk about it all day long, but 
as like a young, insecure, horrified, like neglected and abused like teenager, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't a good thing at all. Not a good combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I relate to that heavily. It's and I think it's also because like we, um, yes, there's such power in like being like when youth organized, but just like when you're that solo like queer kid in a country space where or just like you like I didn't know another gay person until college yes and like I was just you know ashamed of myself only until like you know I was trying to pray the gay away until three years ago so it's like it really like not just uh impacts how you relate to faith like it's an impact on your entire life and you know I feel like every single one of us who like survived you know our southern baptist upbringing like we take with that like trauma into our adulthood and we take and like it takes so much work and attention to start finding healing for what we experienced yeah and i'm i'm going through a sort of like rolodex of memories now in my mind uh because it's getting brought up a lot now like i i recently received a bot my mom passed away seven years ago and mm. i re- recently received a box from my grandmother her mom of just like little trinkets and stuff that she had, I guess, like carried around with her her whole life. And it was just little like sentimental Mm -hmm. tchotchkes and stuff. And like one of them, the only like, it was all costume jewelry. Like all of her jewelry was like fake cheap costume jewelry, except for Mm -hmm. one like solid gold cross. And Mm -hmm. I remember her wearing it all the time when I was younger. And I always thought it was so pretty. And now I wear it all the time, even though I don't identify as a Christian per se. I mean, I, I don't know. I almost want to say I identify as a follower of Jesus, but I don't identify as a Christian. If that makes any sense, girl, you are talking my language (laughs) right now. It's just, yeah, it's like, it's been so, it's been so disjointed over history and throughout so many interpretations and people. And like, I, I did this crazy like float tank, like full body massage experience. Yo, I've been wanting to do those. Oh my God, you've got to do it. If you haven't, do, if you haven't done it yet, it is like, like talk about psychic experience for your nerves. Like it was incredible. Highly recommend. But uh, I was sort of thinking, I'm like, I remember when I was younger and I'm sure you've heard this too. Like everybody's trying to live like Christ, you know, like that's what everyone talks about. Everyone's like, I want to live the way that Jesus lived. I want to walk the earth. That's the goal. We got to walk the way that Jesus walks. And I'm like, okay, well, Jesus was like literally a Buddhist. Like there was, it was totally non-attachment. Like there was, he was not married. He didn't have kids. Like he didn't like own a house. Like, yeah, like he was just totally a non-attached person. And I'm like, okay, humans now that are, that are Christians do not live that way at all. Actually, I would say it's the exact opposite. It's all about ownership and like having a mm. kids and like having a big, expansive, lovely family, which is great. All of those things are fine, but it's not it. And yeah, it's like the wrong story. It's like the wrong, yeah. Wrong interpretation thus far, in my opinion. I mean, like totally agree. And I think like, I was like, when I look at Jesus's life, I mean, Jesus, like, like was a he was a, first of all I always tell people just like Jesus was Jewish yeah like and so like when we look at that we have to view it from the lens of just like he wasn't trying to start a church he was trying to re- reform Judaism exactly and and so like every time I and this I guess like this is also because like I started my first semester of seminary now 
and you know, I'm look I'm looking at all like the anthropological history of like how the actual nation of Israel was formed and what context, like getting even more context and reinforcement for the things I've already known has like brought me to such a similar place. Like you said, like I like being a follower of Christ, but like the question I have has always been like, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Like that wasn't even a term that Jesus used. Yes. Um, and so I, I get to this point where it's like, if it, if following Christ means like I need to believe in like the literal divinity of Jesus, I, and this, I told this to somebody else, I believe in the divinity of Jesus as, as much as I believe in the divinity of my own person. Yes. my own self, my own body. And when you start talking about like, you know, the body is divine and people just lose their shit oh all of a God. sudden. Yeah. You know what I'm saying though? Yeah. Anytime that somebody is relating like a human life to like a divine life, it seems to just really shatter the, the sort of religious architecture in a lot of ways. And like, I mean, I get it. I totally understand that. I totally understand that like, like organized religion as it is now it serves a purpose, but it's sort of like a, it's just like a business machine now. Like it's just like a way that they can like pump out followers and like, it's not, it doesn't feel authentic to me. It doesn't really feel as organic. And you know, when I was younger, like when I would go to gospel concerts and I would experience like hearing like, like hymns and music and hearing people preach with like such vigor and passion, like I definitely felt the Holy Spirit move through my body. Like no mm-hmm. doubt about it. I had very, very spiritual experiences around that when I was young, but it's like, what do you do with that experience when you're feeling uh, an outpouring of like love and joy from this like protective energy force and then you have somebody mm-hmm. interpreting that for saying that everything that I am is going to burn in hell, you know, like it's just a, it, yeah. it never lined up, you know? Yeah. And so I, I'm like, it's, that's, I literally feel like you were reading my journal for a few <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Cause like, that's exactly it is like as a child, like I've always known that God was real. Yeah. I've always had like this like really intimate experience with the spirit um and then i think like the way richard Rohr talks about it is that you know a lot of times it helps to start off like with like a small like with a structure so that you know you can learn things as a child like impulse control and yes you know uh basic ethics life and death but then like as we grow up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then as we get older it comes to this point um where like we no longer need the structure um, or we have to like change how we relate to the structure. Absolutely. Um, and so, and so much of my life right now is like changing how I relate to the structure right now. And it's very strange. So, like I started, um, I don't, this is like where I'm going to tell a little story and then ask your opinion on it. Um, okay. so, uh, about a, about say, a year and some change ago, I had a friend of mine who she's a spiritual, uh, she does energy response therapy. Wow. Um, and when I heard that, I was like, that sounds like a lot of bullshit. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and she said, no, 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 just, just, she said, just try it because one of two things will happen. A, something amazing. Like you'll get some healing. You will, you know, you'll have a good experience and you'll walk away with something positive or nothing will happen and you will stay the same. And I was like, well, I can't really argue with that logic. So I went in, I did a session with her. I was crying within 15 minutes yeah. of this session with her. And I didn't expect that at all. And it was, for me, it was, the same feeling of the Holy spirit that I've known my entire life. I'm just like, that's God. Mm-hmm. And that's when it started to click with me. I was like, Oh my gosh, we are all like, you know, I, I've been a tolerant Christian up to that point, but really what hit me was like, we are literally talking to the same thing and just using different language and different tools 
and have different experiences, but it's, it's all the same. And so over yeah. the course of the past year, like I have, I've been exploring tarot and I've been exploring different, uh, indigenous, uh, indigenous religious practices. Um, and then also getting in touch with my own Mexican heritage, like what we have. Incredible. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's been really, really cool. And like, for me, as I explore these things, none of it really conflicts with my, my Christian faith, at least because I'm not, I'm the least not Orthodox person there is. Like, I don't, I look at someone trying to explain theology and I'm just like, eh, it's, it's all heresy. Nothing's real. Anyways, it's fine. <laughs> um, but like, that's like my faith has like begun to really evolve in a way where like, it gets a little scary sometimes because I don't know where I'll land or if I'll land mm-hmm. in one particular space. And yeah, so I don't know if like you can speak to that in your own like evolution of faith and like what faith like started out for you as, um, Versus like what it is now. Oh my God. Yeah. This is a, a I just, I just literally dropped a bomb on you. I'm so sorry. But I mean, like this is a topic that I am living so hard and like leaning into it so hard right now. Like I, Mm -hmm. I, like I mentioned earlier, I've been doing a lot of like memory recounting of the way that my young life was filled with so much faith. And like, I, Mm. I think when it really started to slip for me was, I guess, I don't know if this is the case for like all Christian or Baptist churches, but my church was very big on, on telling people that if you pray, then you'll definitely get your way. And so the prosperity gospel, honey. Exactly. Yes, God. And so I, I, I prayed so much when I was a kid and I just gave my all to prayer and so many specific things that I so desperately needed when I was young never Mm -hmm. happened. And, you know, now as like an adult in hindsight, I can look back and be like, now I understand why I didn't get that thing. Like now it makes sense. But like as a young kid and as a young person, you're devastated. I mean, like what, you're not getting the one thing that you are begging and begging and spending all of your energy every day thinking about. And so I think my shift out of the church started there. And then I started exploring like my own sexuality and I realized that wasn't really aligning and this and that. And like, Mm -hmm. I think my, my instinct was to swing so far in the opposite direction. Like a lot of people do, they swing into like this Mm -hmm. straight up, like, demonic like satanic ritual fantasy and like that whoa that i i never had that far of a swing but that sounds fascinating oh i went way far into it i've never been like a a fanatic by any means but like i definitely was like very much i'm like okay if i have spent all this time exploring this specific topic and i have been forced to go to church for so long and pray to this one specific god then I want to do as much exploring as I can of everything else and figure out why people are so obsessed with all of these topics, you know, because like, it's not just like one person is obsessed with Christianity. It is millions and billions of people like throughout the history of time. And like, it's the same thing Mm -hmm. with all all sort of religious sects and different movements and, and identities that people claim. And like, I, I think where I'm at now, I very much feel And I have felt for a while, I guess almost an aversion to deciding like what it is that I believe, like if it is that I believe one thing or if it is that I believe a group of things or, and I think what I land on is that I, I believe in everything. What I believe most is that 
the human experience is very powerful. And I think that in the, the timeline of the human existence, we've put so much energy into so many different ideas and we've spent so much time and like, like lives, literal lives have been sacrificed for these specific causes all across religious history and all different religions. And so why wouldn't they all be true? You know, why wouldn't there be a reality where all of these things can exist? You know, if the universe mm-hmm. is like boundless and endless and, and mm. I do believe in this sort of cloud God identity where it's just like this all encompassing sort of record force of sorts, but I think that it has been segmented in a lot of ways and, and like uh, channeled through different tunnels and funnels. And like it, we, we get all of these different Greek and Roman deities and then we have Hindu mythology and then, but it's like through closer examination, like you were saying a second ago, it's all the same thing. Like they're all the same archetypes. They're just viewed through a different lens. And so I guess, I guess saying that I believe in everything actually does mean that I just believe in one thing that has existed as many different things, if that makes any sense at all. Ooh, that's a word. Yeah, I relate to that. Like, so what's also interesting, like so many Christians don't know is that even um, Old Testament of the Bible, um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who are like the founders of like the Jewish the nation of Israel, yeah. um, they weren't monotheists. Yes, exactly. Like, and, and like in the actual translations of like the Hebrew, they were talking to Elohim, El, and Yahweh, three yeah. different, three different gods of that region. Yes. And then eventually it was basically decided by um, the the editors and scribes who were putting together the, the, the Pentateuch. Uh, they basically said, oh, this was God appearing in different forms in a way that they could understand it in the moment. And so like there was actually one. Yeah. So one of my, one of my friends said in a a teaching one time, he said, just like, as the human race has been able to receive, then the Holy spirit has revealed. Um, So it's like, and it's so, yeah. And what I think I, what I love about that is, is exactly what you said, the ever expansive nature of like, you know, the universe or unit of consciousness or God or whatever we want to call it. I, I'm the same way. I believe everything and I believe nothing. Yes. It's like, absolutely. and like anytime someone like it's, it's uh it's one of those things that all of these attempts, like religion itself is an attempt to explain that, which is just beyond the periphery of our imagination. Absolutely. Like, like we can't even conceive of it. And so like, that's why I get, I'm so much more comfortable with like talking about, faith in these boundless terms, like where I can talk about like, you know, like every time I see like um, a different kind of deity that's expressed in a different religion, all I see is just like a different face of God. Yeah. All I see is just like, and in some cases, yes, like, you know, like the, the human, the human race, like kind of like anthropomorphized God and deities so that they could be relatable to it. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that there isn't some kind of truth in that particular kind of expression that I can't pull from. Or I can't learn from. Exactly. And like when, when I was saying earlier, like that I originally swung so far and like did a lot of worship on Satanism and like the, the church of Satan, it's like, if, if we're going to believe that it's everything or it's nothing, you know, like, and there are so many phrasings that go with that magic is everything or it is nothing. God is everything or it is nothing. Like love is everything or it is nothing. You know, it's all, all these Mm. iterations of it. And so I think about it and I'm like, 
like Aleister Crowley, like magician of, of the ages, you know, he was the, the founder of, of so many different incredibly free sects of, I, I mean, it's just so expansive. You could talk about it all day long, but you know, it's, it's like the, the main rule of like the satanic church is like, do as thou wilt will be the whole of the law. It's like, do whatever you want, but know that like everything has a price. And so when I look in the game mm. of it all, you know, I'm like, as growing up Christian, hearing the word Satan makes people's skin like crawl to the point mm-hmm. where they're like shaking, you know, like it's an immediate like fear response. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just another expression of the same God. But the, the, the satanic ideas go more into this realm of like, ex- it's like extreme excess, you know, it's like, a, it's like a carnal desires really living in, in those spaces, as opposed to like other aspects of religion and, and spirituality, which is like non-attachment and, and like true love and compassion, you know, it's all, it's all the same. I don't know. It's all the same explanation. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's all the same mm-hmm. energy. It, a different person's interpretation of it. And, you know, I actually do believe that even with religion, that there is a price to every decision that we make, you know, Mm -hmm. I obviously work in a magic store, like the magic that I work in and and the stuff that I do is, is not necessarily that of textbooks. You know, I sort of take what I read and what I research and I research and read a lot. And so, Mm -hmm my mind is full of all of these theories and all of these things. And, you know, I'm putting all of the pieces together still. And I, I am noticing the similarities through all of it. And, you know, all, all we can do as humans is just try to make the experience as worthwhile as it is. And, you know, for some people mm-hmm. being a devout religious person and dedicating their entire life to that. And, you know, if that's the case, then, that is gorgeous. Live your fantasy. Go full. Go hard. Do the whole thing. <laughs> Live your fantasy. Yeah, do it as intensely as you want to do it. If that's what if that's what you feel your greatest impact on humanity is going to be, then then do it. But it's not necessarily that for me. And you know, like I very much feel like Jesus too. I'm like I have no interest in starting a new church or a movement or anything like that. I just want to. I want to help myself and anybody that feels the way that I feel define what is already here and make sense Mm -hmm. of what is already here. Because there have been a lot of people throughout time who have had a lot of absolutely intense theories about like, like there, there's all this reading that I've done about people who have experiences with angels, like the, from the angelic realm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like angels are, what we know of them now, the first experience, like when you think about it and the first memory that comes to mind, it's not like, it's not how they're mentioned in the Bible. It's usually like a cherubic sort of fluffy feathery situation, but like Mm -hmm. these, these angels and especially the ones that are even mentioned in the Bible, they're soldiers. They are intense forces. They are, Mm -hmm. they are protectors and they are, they're there to do a specific thing. And so there are a lot of people who have had experiences with them. And this sort of goes back to what we were talking about with like form earlier. Like mm-hmm. if you were to see an angel as it is in full form, right before your eyes, you, you would go insane. Like you would go mad because your mind, I don't think the human mind would be able to really fully make sense of like a levitating thing with like 
like brilliant shining light or however they look to people, you know, like there's, it's not human. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same, like if you were to see an alien, like it would be the same thing. Your mind would go nuts. You would freak out. And so it's, it's just what I am learning now is, or essentially what the magic that I work with and the energy that I work with is just that it's just energy. It is learning how to shift it and move it around in ways that better serve yourself and your community and the people that you love and the people that you want to protect. And even those that you don't, you know, like I'm, I'm not in the game of curses. I'm not in the game of like hexing people like that. That is a specific magic of its own, but it is not what I do. And it is not because with things like that come a price. If you're going to curse someone, if you're going to hex someone, it 100% will bounce back and get you, you know, some people call that karma. Some people call it just rebound. You know, it is what it is, but if, but I'm also not necessarily obsessed with the spectrum of like love and light. And like, that's the way that we should live because I've been through like, can you, can you break that down a little bit? Can you break that down a little bit more for me when you say just like quote unquote love and light? Yeah. Just sort of the, the, the energy that's really like, that's really popular in the spiritual world right now where it's like you, you don't think about anything negative and you only think about the positive and you sort of change your experience and like you, you give everybody love and light and like whatever you, it's very much the secret ish. Exactly. It's law of attraction. It is like, but you know, if I've learned anything thus far in my life, the only people that I have seen be able to access love and light pretty easily are those who have had easier lives, you know, people who live in this place of privilege where they can only think about love and light. You're not scared every fucking day because like you're getting abused yeah. at home. And like, it, or it's, like, it's yeah, a- that- go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I, I was, that's something that I have thought about a lot. Like when I look at, um, people who call themselves light workers or spiritual leaders. Um, the thing that I, that I love so many of their messages that are coming through because like, it reminds me how I can like, you know, get in touch with like the better part of who I am. Yes. And at the same time, the thing that bothers me so much is that uh, I see little to no engagement with the things that are actually happening in our real lives. Cause I do not think that faith in any, in any iteration of faith can be, um, divorce from lived experience no. and the lived experiences of people in the most marginalized of spaces. And I think maybe because like being queer in some way and not in some ways, in every way is a blessing, but very much so, so that we can see who is not sitting at our table, see who do- doesn't have the resources. And I think that it is a temptation of so many of like, um, you know, the amalgam of spiritualities that people are bringing together. It is so easy to just take prosperity gospel, like what we had in, you know, Christianity and just um, change the language so that it does. So it's not like, you know, it doesn't have any of the baggage tied up with the church, yeah. but still practice the same thing that's disjointed from the rest of humanity and only is focusing on the individual experience rather than our collective experience as a species. Yeah. And I, and I mean like the, and like, this is no shade to like the love and light movement. Like, no, of course not. it's a beautiful experience for people to live into, but to deny it or to not acknowledge darkness is, is to not acknowledge truth. And I, and I think that a lot of people 
that have lived any sort of difficult life. I mean, we all have, you know, being a human is hard. You know, we're all just trying to find the the least difficult way to exist in the world right now. But I, I just feel like I have learned the most about myself and I've learned the most about my story and the way that I work most in the world by actually leaning into the darkness, by mm. actually taking note of of the hard times and, and being able to go through that mental Rolodex of memories and say, okay, I am, I am safe now. Like my current state is safe. So I can think about these things. And even if it triggers me or even if it takes me somewhere dark, that's not where I'm actually at, you know? And, and I, I guess that's been many years and a lot of time to be able to discern the difference between like a traumatic memory and an actual traumatic experience because for so long those lines were blended for me when I would think of a traumatic experience I would be there again and there was no separation and so I think that I'd you know it's like the way that people feel in the bible when Jesus gets crucified I remember when the movie Passion of the Christ came out oh god yeah would not let me see it in theaters because it was so graphic and so intense and I remember yeah good on your family because my mother drug me and my little brother there and i was such a pious little like 13 year old who's also gay and so like i'm sitting there in the theater like crying watching jesus be crucified and thinking i did that i did that to jesus literally i when i watched it i felt the i mean i watched it like not long after that but like you don't you remember seeing on the news like people having to be like escorted out of the theater because it was so tragic like it was so great it was traumatic yes it was literally like it's literally like watch it was watching torture but then like somebody will like those same people will go out on like like a a camping trip and kill like 10 animals and i'm like there's no and they won't eat them they'll just mount them on their wall i'm like no shade to hunting either i mean i'm not obsessed with it it's not a great thing i'm not gonna do it but like there if you are feeling such radical empathy for a being that you don't even know existed or not like yes there is historical documentation of jesus but you know it was so long ago who knows you know only the people yeah, who knows who the actual jesus was exactly and it, and if the timeline was actually correct and you know people are feeling this radical empathy about a, a story that they read in a book and then going out and doing things and like saying things about people and not exhibiting the same empathy. And so I'm, I've just started to see this sort of compartmentalization with, with hyper religious people who mm-hmm. connect so deeply to the story of Jesus, but then don't actually live it, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's a weird, there was, um, I brought this up before um, with a couple other people and I wonder what you think about it too, is that, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a theologian, said in, in The Cost of Discipleship, he said that, it, this is a paraphrase for sure, um, something along the lines of that, uh, if you are a Christian, you do what Jesus commands you to do. And if you don't do what Jesus commands, then you're not really a Christian. So you can say that you're a Christian, but if your actions don't match that, then it's not true. And then like, conversely, I was thinking, I'm just like, well, here I am. I don't know if I believe in like, the like you know Jesus literal son of god literal like all of divinity smashed into one human somehow um but i also still want to follow the teachings of christ i still want to lift up the marginalized and still want to like bring equity and like you know bring about the quote unquote kingdom of god on the earth 
which I believe is, you know, I believe in the Jewish mind, salvation was freedom from oppression. Yes. And so like, I can, I can get down with that. Um, yes. So if by that standard, if that's the standard, then I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a Christian every day. But if the standard is like, I have to literally believe something, if I have to like fit into a box of theologies about lit, oh, it's so funny. I'm getting a degree in theology, and which is basically saying I spent three years thinking about God. <laughs> that's really that's really all it says. Um, Damn, I have a PhD. I'm at at this point. Girl, yes, come come through, somebody. Why can't listen? Why why can't I get my master's in like crystal work? Why can't I get my master's in listen? Come to where the, can we the, start? The University of Everyday Magic. We'll hook you up. Come through. Listen, I'm ready to get my PhD in tarot reading. Yes. Listen, I'm I'm about it, Mom. If you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> my mom doesn't listen to this. I think. I'll, well, I guess we'll find out after this airs. <laughs> Going back to what you were just saying is actually an interesting uh, thing that I've been contemplating recently, actually. I mean, you know, all of these things, I've been in and out of like cyclical thinking for a long time. Like it's all stuff Mm. that has been on my mind, but it's never been, again, like I I guess I navigate more towards indecision because I'm like too scared to make such finite decisions about such big topics. And I... I have a a very strong aversion to the word worship and interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel I was reading this interesting book. It was like a, it's a book on magic that, that somebody specifically wrote for gay men specifically. And you need to send me this book. You're going to love it. It's really interesting. There's a lot of historical like referencing to, the way that things have been like written before, not only in religion, but in other sort of like, like uh, spiritual and magical practices. But the, there's this one section at the beginning that I have read over and over again, because I just think it's fascinating. And, and the, the guy who wrote the book talks about how there, if any sort of deity or if any sort of higher God like function energy ever asks for, you to only believe and worship them and what they do, then you should run for the hills. And so I, I was thinking about that for a while and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm watching Sabrina recently. I'm watching the Sabrina reboot. So good. So good. And she's about to sign the book of the beast and she's having this like big internal struggle and she's realizing, Oh, if I sign this and if I dedicate my life to this specific feature, there is an actually freedom inside of that. There's a specific amount, but if there is only a specific mm. amount of freedom, then it's not actually freedom. You know, freedom needs Fair. to be unlimited. You know, there. It, if you're having to like pick and choose when you get to be free, then you're not actually free. And so I was thinking mm-hmm. back to when I got baptized and I'm like, oh my God, like I signed a contract, like my soul signed a contract in a very similar way but I didn't really know anything about it because I was so young. I mean, I got baptized when I was 13. I was relatively old to be baptized, but it was my decision that I made to do it, even though I wasn't like 100% sure about it. And I think Mm -hmm. back about it now and I'm like, I've done a lot of undoing. I've done a lot of undoing over the past few years of dedicating my life to a church that was not tolerant of the person that I am now. 
and, and like it shouldn't it, the thing about it is is like the church it shouldn't just be an issue of tolerance it should be like the church re- rejected queer people yes. and rejected us as as queer folk like it wasn't just that like they, they weren't tolerant it's that like it was wrong it was, yeah we got kicked out yes yeah and so i'm thinking about that and i'm like what did i just do what why did i just like dunk my head my whole body in this water and like do the whole thing with the the robe and the the whole congregation watching you and like i totally understood that part in serena where she doesn't sign it and she runs you know it's like just run like that's not i know which like did you have this moment just like damn i like you're like yeah get out of there i was totally i was like living vicariously oh yeah absolutely i was like run girl run don't do it don't do it but you know like in the end you know the show glamorizes it and she signs it and she gets all of these powers and she loves it and it's fierce whatever and it's like yeah you know like it's a gossip girl fantasy. Like we would. I will also say, them. I think that this is all plot of her plot. I think that she's going to come back in there. This is all part of like she's going to summon him, vanquish exactly. him. She's still. She's got an agenda. She has an agenda. She has an agenda, indeed. And you know, I like to think that I had an agenda as well. Like I like to think that I had intentions. Maybe, Call me out. Maybe even subconsciously when I was younger, being like, "Okay, I'm going to do this," but like I'm only doing it to get myself an end so that I can make actual change. And so that's what I'm doing now. You know, like I very much respect the Christian church. My family is still heavily involved in the Christian church. My grandfather was a pastor. Like it's all, it's all good. You know, like it's all fine. People are allowed to believe whatever they want to believe. And I am not allowed to get upset at them for believing that because that is their freedom as an individual, as it is mine. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm, with this whole idea of worship and, and gods and deities and energies and stuff like that. Like I, I think that the only thing that I ever need to worship is myself. The only thing that I ever need to fall in love with that deeply is my own experience Mm. that I can facilitate that energy because I, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, well, what do you feel about like ancient tomes and like ancient texts and like grimoires and stuff? And I'm like, they're cool. They're amazing. They're scientifically phenomenal, like anthropologically phenomenal, however way you want to put it. They're all, it's all good, but it's old. It's ancient for a reason. You know, things have changed. Times have changed. People are different than they were 2018 years ago. You know, like it's, it's just different. We can't live. And, you know, like I have a a yoga teacher certification and I don't do that anymore because the yoga world is so obsessed with tradition. And like, I, I, I see its purpose and I see its place and I see the guidelines around that, but tradition only works if you are living the same way that you, that they lived when the tradition was founded, you know, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it, it, you know, people can't do yoga like they did in ancient India and the United States now because our our muscles are literally just not the same. Our ligaments are not the same. It is a physical boundary. And so I I just, I try and keep myself like, I try and keep all of the doors as open as I can so that they can be accessed mm-hmm. whenever. And it frustrates a lot of people that I do that because I... I end up living in that state of indecision a lot of, of not taking, not that I don't know how to take a stand, but I don't, I don't want anyone to ever feel excluded around me. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I don't ever want to create a presence for myself where I am unrelatable to a stranger because 
I am that stranger as well. You know, it's like that song, what if God was one of us, you know, what if, what if, and if you've completely closed yourself off to experiencing that God energy in that way, then what's the point, you know, like, what's the point of like being alive? I I know a lot of people interpret being alive in a lot of different ways, but for me, it's just, it's getting everybody to the place where freedom is actually an attainable thing, you know, and, and the freedom to be whatever. I don't know why people have such an, like, when I think about people that have an issue with gay marriage, I'm like, why? Please explain to me an actual understanding of that. Like, why is that a problem for you? And most people don't know, you know, when you inquire deep enough. Oh, one hundo. Exactly. Like it's because it's what the Bible says. Exactly. Unless like, like no, 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 no. Let's let's break this down. So just like if it's really not about X, Y, and Z, there was a this is like a story of a friend of mine um, that he was working towards. Uh, his church was like becoming affirming of LGBTQ identities and same sex relationships and marriage. And when like they were breaking it down, just like so for you, it's not about scripture. It's well, so what is it about when we get past the scripture? Like, what's it really about? And they're just like it was basically just disgust at two yeah. people of the same gender being in love um, and, or just someone, you know, and so I, and I think that's, that's, that's a big part of it. There was one thing that you said that I wanted to like jump back to that just really stood out to me was like the, the note about worship is like worship for me is also pretty weird these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who like, what, like, you know, is still kind of a worship leader in my bones. Cause like when I, when I'm able to, get out of my own way. I really like that. I love music and I love performance. Um, and so for me, it doesn't feel completely weird to like lead a worship set because, but at the same time, it's one of those things like what you exactly says, like the, the, the amount is, I don't want to worship because I fear something and I don't want to worship. And like, it's almost like the same thing with Sabrina. Like you were saying, just like, if there's no choice, then it's not love. And like, if you're saying you have to believe in Jesus, so you don't go to hell, that's not a choice. That's like a ultimatum. And I can't, I can't live like that. I don't want to live like that. Yeah. And I think Um, worship has been like, it's been forced into this box of, you know, I mean like the, the, the Webster dictionary definition of worship has no association with like an amount of time, you know, it's not, it's not a permanent thing that you have to do forever. It can be whenever you want to do it. But I think like the the way that I grew up and the way that it was sort of forced into my brain is like worship is a lifetime decision. If you're going to worship a God, you have to do it forever. And so that freaked me out a lot when I was a kid. I'm like, no, I don't even know what's what I'm having for lunch tomorrow. Like I can't make (laughs) now like like what's the deal? And so Mm -hmm. I guess now in my aversion with worship is it's a language thing. You know, I just think like the it's been inflated so much. And like, I much, I much prefer the word praise, you know, like praise and worship sessions. Like, let's just let them be praise sessions. Give your praises to the gods. Cause like when the blessings go up, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Yes. God. You better come on now. Come on. Cousin chance. Yes. Oh my God. He's a one. Yeah. Listen, I would like, if you're ever down in Atlanta, I would love to see like your reaction to like, like my preaching because I think it would be I think you'd have fun oh I'd be waving a fan throwing a purse on stage yes come on now listen (laughs) I go to a Presbyterian seminary right now they're like the frozen chosen yes and 
I'm about, I'm so on Friday, I'm preaching like in my dress, in my heels, face done, whole nine yards with my beard. And I'm going to be basically just like my normal, like rowdy self that I always am. And I am, I think, uh, say that again. I said, I am screaming. That is amazing. It's going to be, it's going to be, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I think the greatest act of worship any of us can do is just to bring our full self into a space. Oh my God. Cause it's like, that's what it's all about. You know, why would you ever go into a, a, a situation of worship where you're hiding? Like then it's not worship. Yeah. It's bring everything before the throne people. Yes. They and if you are in, if you are in a space, if you are in a church, if you are in a community where you cannot bring your full self to the worship space, if you cannot bring your full self before the throne of God, that ain't the throne of God then, BB. Yes, you are talking to a different deity. You are on a different you turn you made a wrong turn somewhere. You probably talk it you probably talking to white Jesus. Yes. And you know the White Capitalist Jesus. The God that I love is they them. They're living a fantasy. Mm. There's no identity. It is just a, a force that can be used for a lot of amazing things. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I feel like we I feel like I was just in church, TBH. Oh my God! Yes, lovely, I mean, I split my time between Baptist and Pentecostal churches, so it was pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, my- yeah. I feel like you and me have the same DNA then, as far yes. as like old religion is concerned. Oh Lord, I remember seeing a snake charming, literally a snake charming. Oh yes, when I was young, and I'm like, this is not Christianity. This is a whole different game up in here. Yo, the the the, the snake the snake passers and the tongue talkers. That's a it's wild. Pentecostalism is wild. Well, there are a lot of brain scientists that have actually done scans of people that are talking in tongues, and there they have not been able to figure out why it happens. There is no. It is a. It is an actual scientific phenomenon. People that that's happening to, and I'm like, okay, y'all are channeling some yeah. different realm. You need to be careful. You're not protecting yourself. But. Well, as somebody who, uh, here's, uh, so like when I was a Pentecostal, I started talking in tongues and it was really, and I still don't know what to make of it, whether like I am making something up in my head to make myself yeah. feel good about like being a part of it, or am I really, you know, communicating with God with this, with this spiritual language. And then I come to the, the, the conclusion of it. of just like, I don't do it like out loud or it's usually just like my own meditation time. Yes. But like, I, what I came to the conclusion is like, it doesn't matter if this is real or not. It's like that thing in Harry Potter where Harry's talking to Dumbledore. In like the exact same thing. I was about to quote that. Don't even start. Listen, that's how we know we're psychic sisters. Yes. I mean, is this all in my head, Dumbledore? And he said, of course it's all in your head. But, but does it make it any less real? real? Yes. And I, I mean, it's the same thing that I spent a long time when I first started reading tarot. I remember saying that same thing to myself. I'm like, Oh, I just didn't shuffle the deck enough. Oh, I didn't do this. And it's like, oh my God, why are we, when did we become such creatures that are like so desperately filled with doubt? Like, what is the deal? If we are such, Mm. you know, even like as a Christian, like I was so full of faith. I was so sure that like my God, my Jesus was going to save me no matter what. But then it's like time ticks on and my prayers didn't work as well as I thought they were going to. And so then I started to feel doubt and it's like, okay, I actually do I actually am starting to think that such a, 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 a form of organized religion that is so filled with hate 
is actually just a machine for doubt. It's not actually doing anything positive. You know, if there's mm-hmm. anything behind that that isn't what it's supposed to be, then we've we've missed it. You know, the point is gone. And now now we we're just left with like baggage and demons and like not actually figuring out things for what they are. We're interpreting things with like a, a broken lens. Ooh, that's good. That's a word. Damn, son. Damn. That was my conversation with Christian Barry. You can follow Christian across social media at Christian T. Barry and check him out on his website, ChristianTBarry.com. Be sure to follow Everyday Magic on Instagram as well. Christian, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really, really enjoyed getting to know you and having this conversation. It made me, it made me feel very seen. Um, you're, you're great. And hopefully our paths cross very soon. A Tiny Revolution is supported by 139 amazing humans on Patreon. Patreon is the easiest way for you to support the creatives in your life that are making the content that matters. So if this podcast was good for you, if the videos I'm putting out on YouTube... Do you know I have a YouTube channel? I'm on YouTube. I make I make videos about queer stuff in Jesus. I mean, like, what else am I talking about, right? Um, if you haven't already become a supporting partner, please consider doing it because I am a freelance creative. That is my main source of income while I'm in grad school. And it would be really, really helpful to have someone like you, the everyday listener, even contribute as little as one, two, three, four, five bucks a month to really make more content possible. So you're a dream for doing that. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia to learn how to become a sustaining partner. And really, let's uh, let's continue to make more queer Christian content possible. Um, because these are the stories that are changing lives. These are the stories that are allowing people to really step into the fullness of who they are and also be okay with the fact that their faith, like mine and Christians, might be evolving. I love you. I think you're great. I think you're beautiful. I think you're wonderful. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say. So until next time, um, you can drink some water and you probably can call your therapist, move your body, um, do a little bit of cardio, you know, whether it's walking or you're doing a high intensity thing. I just joined this gym and like my legs are so dead, but let me tell you what, summertime going to come around. I'm going to look more snatched than I've ever looked in my entire life. Uh, meaning I'm just going to look snatched for the first time in my entire life because Lord knows I love a chicken nugget. anyways um i'm done talking you're amazing this has been another episode of a tiny revolution my name is kevin garcia and i hope to talk to you again really soon bye now